It's Sunday morning, and we are we're on the same subject we've been on for a long time. We're on we've been teaching on Christmas, Easter, uh, Valentine's, Mardi Gras, and Halloween. They're all the same thing in different cultures in the ancient world. It's all fire and tree worship. I've been talking to you about this, and I've told you that the world is insane. And when I say that, I don't mean they're all running around out there uh, screaming and yelling like the uh, man of the Gadarenes was, and he was insane. Insane just means you cannot think rationally. When I said that, one fellow wrote to me and said, oh, I looked up insane and didn't say that. Yes, it does. You just didn't look up enough. When you look up something, look into every place it says, see this, see crazy, see uh, unsound. I'm going to read to you about insanity. I've got several papers on it. And uh, when you go over to Mark, the fifth chapter, there's this man in the tombs. And the Bible says he has an unclean spirit. Well, we already found out, says that in verse 2, this man has an unclean spirit. We have discovered that an unclean spirit, unclean spirit, equals demon. Or the word is diamonion, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. And it says this man, this man is possessed with a devil. That's one word, that's one word in the Greek, possessed with devil. It is the word D-A-I-M-O-N. I-Z-O-M-A-I. It is a form of daemonion. It's a form of this right here. That's our word demon. And when you look up in any number of my old books, some of them are out of the 1800s, and it will tell you this man here has an unclean spirit. In verse 3, who had his dwelling among the tombs, now, he's living among the dead people. That's because he thinks he can communicate with the dead. In the first century, you can't just use the Bible. You have to go to uh, extra-biblical information. When you go to extra-biblical information, it will tell you these people would live among the tombs because they thought they could talk to their ancestors who were dead in the... In the uh, uh, in their graves there or among the tombs and no man could bind him no not with change because that change doesn't mean it just means fetters now when someone is crazy or they have an excessive amount of adrenaline they can do superhuman things you've heard about little old ladies that their grandson where a car fell on them and the little lady was uh, 100 pounds and and uh, and 
skinny and didn't have any strength and she runs out to a car and some supernatural ability comes over her and she raises the car for a grandson to get out from under that's happened many times in the world you can look that up on the internet because that he had been bound with fetters and chains and, a son, and plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broke in pieces, neither could any man tame him. The man's crazy. He's running through the tombs, and you can read this same man's account in Luke 8, and you can read his account in Matthew, the 8th chapter. Matthew 8, Luke 8, and Mark 5. Just remember that. You get a different view of this man. He's really nutty. And always, night and day, he was in the tombs, and in the tombs crying, cutting himself with stones. Is that insanity? You think this guy's crazy. You think when Jesus walks up to him and says, Tisoyestinonoma, which means, what is this fellowship that you're, that this authority that you're fellowshipping with? And the guy said, Deamonion. And when he said, Deamonion, when he said Diamonion, he used feminine gender. I've looked that up. Feminine. He said, I got all these feminine female demons in me. He said, Legion, Legion. It is feminine gender. And then the Bible turns around and says, because he was possessed of many Diamonion, a different spelling, and, it, and the Bible uses neuter gender. The way the Bible says he doesn't have all these feminine legion angels in him, the Bible changes, God changes the gender or when it goes back to the Bible and says because many demons were entered into him. Well, if you don't know, you could go into Mr. Uh, Lightfoot's commentary on the New Testament from the Talmud and Hebraica. Look in the book, the section that's got Luke in it, and go to Luke 8, and it talks about the woman that was possessed by seven devils, and he tells you that they called all of their sins by the title of demons in the first century. We have a tendency to do that too. But the whole world seems to be possessed with devils because it means to be insane. Now, are men cutting themselves and hacking themselves to pieces and doing all these crazy things? Well, yeah. Are they eating? The Bible says the the uh, the foolish man folds his hand and eats his own flesh. How do you eat your own flesh? Heart attack, ulcers, asthmatic bronchitis. We put ourselves under pressure and we eat up our flesh is what we do. That is utterly insane. I even tell my doctors sometimes I can't. It takes me three hours to get in to see my uh, cardiologist. I think they've added one or two. Doesn't take me as long. And I told him one time, I said, you need to practice what you preach. You need to let some other people come in here and make some of this money. You're already rich. He said, I don't know about that. I said, there's no such thing as a cardiologist that's not rich. They're about five steps above regular MDs. All of you make tons of money. And they do. And he just laughed and passed it off. That's, and I tell my doctors, you're going to die soon. Doctors have a, 
short life term to live. They die young. Because they got to make all that money. So this has, in the word daemonion, comes the root dio, D-A-I-O, which means to distribute fortunes. You know what I believe makes men nervous? Boy, it did me. I really believe that all the problems I had with bronchitis come from the fact that I put myself under stress for about 30 years and didn't back up. I tell everybody, don't stress, don't fight, don't worry. If God has ordained everything and he has, he's ordained the end from the beginning and from ancient times, everything that's not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I'll do all my pleasure. Everything in your life has been ordained by God, good and evil. And if you can ever get that in your head, maybe you'll stop stressing out and stop fighting, stop worrying, start arguing, stop arguing and say, Lord, this is your will. Stop trying to have your way. That's our only problem. Did you know that? Everybody wants to get up on top where all the successful people are. The only thing is, all the successful people are going to die. Now, this is what we are. The world is insane. Let me read on. Let me read. I usually read Luke 8 when I'm talking about this. But he says the same thing in Luke 8. And when they saw Jesus, and when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, "What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thy Son of the Most High God? This is a crazy man. I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not." For he said unto him, "Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit." We found out that the Bible calls an unclean demon in Luke four. The same situation where he calls in Mark 1 an unclean spirit. Unclean spirit. So unclean spirit and demon are about self. It makes you insane and makes you crazy. Did you know that? Do you know that's our problem? Well, they got the raise and God and the boss put them up here and they're making more money. And well... If they're evil and their boss is evil, aren't they supposed to favor each other? Yeah. What do you expect? You want to go run with the boss and drink with him and go have cocktails with him and let him flirt with your wife? You can make up, up the ladder too. That's where it's supposed to be. We keep forgetting that we are not of the world. Now, let's read on here. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? He didn't say, What is thy name? He said, What is this? He said, Tisoi. T-I-S-O-I. Esteen. Onoma. Now, Onoma is the word name, but it means authority. Authority. T is an interrogative. Interrogative comes from, we get the word interrogate from that. That's easy to remember, isn't it? So Jesus is going to interrogate this guy. Soy comes from the word sum. It's plural. And it means fellowship. 
He says, what fellowship represents this authority that you're fellowshipping with? He didn't say, what is your name? He didn't care what his name was. And the guy said, legion. I got 3,000. A legion at one point in Rome was 3,000 soldiers. Later on, it became 6,000 soldiers. So he says, I've got 3,000 feminine demons in me. Now, I want to ask you something. The guy's nuts, right? Where did he get his authority to count the demons that were inside of him? Where did he get that? From society. There's society, and he just pulled pull this out of the air. I have 3,000 demons in me. And Jesus is going to believe him? He's not a reasonable man. You don't listen to what he's saying. All Jesus wants to know is, what is this you are fellowshipping with? The guy wanted to talk to his ancestors. I said it before. I love teaching it. The word familiar spirit in the Old Testament is the word O-W-B. Oh, but is the word bottle. It's not our word bottle. Our word bottle means a little thing you put water in or something, and something, a container, it's a bottle. Their word bottle meant that was, bottle is the word familiar spirit. Familiar spirit is the word bottle. A bottle was a goat's skin, was a goat's stomach, like this. And they would take the stomach out of the goat, they would cure it, cut it open, dry it, sew it back up, and leave and put a plug on this end, and this end would be open. They put a strap on it. So they go around and carry it around their neck. You've seen pictures of them in encyclopedias. And so the men who had mastered ventriloquism used this to fool people. And they called talking to the dead. Had a, it had a name. Necro... Mancy. Necros means dead. Necromancy was talking to the dead. So these guys would pretend to be talking to an ancestor in that bottle. And they would be saying, cross my palm with, uh, with a gear or whatever. The, that's one of the coinage. And and I will tell talk to your ancestor and tell you your fortune. Same thing when you go down here. They have every once in a while you'll see on the street, fortune's read here. Same thing. God says if you do this, you're lying to people and stealing from them, the penalty is death. Death for necromancy. Well, when they translated the word bottle in the Septuagint, I've looked this up in several of my books, Translated the word bottle, which was the word familiar spirit, they translated the Hebrew into the Greek. The Hebrew Old Testament into the Greek. 
because Alexander the Great gave all of the world all of its culture, customs, idioms, metaphors. He lived from around 332 B.C. He was leading the armies. He died very young, from 332 about 320, where he died in Babylon after he'd tried to go and conquer the world. And he left all the languages, all the culture, the customs, the Stoics, the Epicureans, left that to the world. And during the Roman times, the Romans didn't have, they were just butchers, throwing people to the lions and the gladiators and the Agon and the Colosseum. And, and they didn't know, know much about culture. They just had laws. So during the days of Jesus, everybody was keeping these laws of Greece. That's why the Bible will say, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free. It doesn't say there's neither Jew nor Roman. They called everyone in the Roman Empire, they called them Greeks. To Grecianize, Grecianize something was to make it Greek in its culture among your, your philosophers, Everyone was practicing Greek culture, and the Romans didn't care. They didn't like culture. They'd just kill you. They'd stick you over in the agon and put you to death by the hands of, the, of these trained killers called gladiators or lions and so forth. And they had the Stoics, and they had the uh, Epicureans. These are the two most popular two most popular uh, philosophies that was alive and practicing during the first century. In fact, there'll be things that we'll get into. The Stoics was started by a man named Zeno. He started at somewhere about the time of Alexander the Great's death, and he started something called Stoicism. Now, this is the truth. I didn't make this up. The reason people don't believe this, they say, well, you're just making that up, Jim Brown. No, you are crazy. You're insane. Because you won't take the facts that I'm giving you and you say, well, that's not my opinion. Well, I don't care what your opinion is. Stoics were real people. And I've got a book called Harvest of Hellenism. Hellas was a term for Greek, a system, going to a town, Grecianize it, meant to Hellenize it. Hellas was a term for cultural Greek. If you're going to culturalize people, you're going to go in and teach them the Greek language. You're going to teach them the Greek philosophies the Greek systems. I've got several books on on Hellenism and the Jews and how it crept in their society. One of the most interesting things about Hellenism, I've got a book by F.E. Peters. That's the writer. And it's called Harvest of 
Hellenism. And I saw this book. I was at a used bookstore, the book attic down here, years ago at Rivergate. And I was looking through these books. They were all on sale. <coughs> book attic once in a while would bring something out on the out on the uh, sidewalk and put a bunch of books in a bookcase. And I decided to look through them. And I saw this hospital and I'm like, wow, they've got this on sale? Well, has, I forget it. It has to occur to me once in a while. What I think is a treasure, they think is garbage and they're going to get rid of it. And they sold it for $4 and I bought it. And, I've, and I saw some things in it. It'll tell you about demons how they were demon, D-A-I-M-O-N-E-S. Demones is what they called all the gods in the, in, the, in the temples in Greece and Rome. They called them demones or demons. That's what they called gods. And... Paul met some Stoics and Epicureans. I'll get back to bottle in a minute. He met some Epicureans in the 17th chapter of Acts. And they, the Epicureans and Stoics, they were there in Athens when he gets to Athens, Greece. And, he's, and these Stoics and Epicureans, I want you to get a hold of this. They looked at Paul and said, He's speaking to us of strange gods. That's what it says in English. What it says in the Greek text, he is speaking to us of strange, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. Now this is the Stoics referring to Jehovah God as a strange demon you understand what I'm saying they're referring to Paul's God as a strange demon because they had their gods which were called demons and they called them friendly demons so they themselves say that demons are gods and that's what they were they deified their ancestors they did father Noah and call him a fish god. The pagans would. And they used the word fish, dog in the Hebrew. And added an O-N, Dagon or Dagon. And that became the fish god of the Philistines. They did find their ancestors. So this man wants to talk to his ancestors. Which you're going to have to read a lot to understand that. You can't get that out of one paragraph. I'd never quit reading these old books. That's why I suggest everybody get get these McClinic and Strong if they can. They quit printing a lot of the information after they printed these, and these were printed somewhere between 1850 and 1880. And you don't have a lot of information that you can get out of these in other dictionaries. You don't have them. I've got a set of uh, Britannica up here. Now, I can open up the Britannica. I don't need to get off the subject. And look up Christmas, and I'll get the same thing as I got out of this Americana 
and it'll tell you what it actually means and where it comes from. The reason the world don't like Christmas being pagan is they don't believe information. And you know what that is? That's very rational, and they're insane. America's been driven to the point of insanity. Now, let me show you here. When Mr. Mr. Peters says, in Harvest of Hellenism, he says that when Mr. Zeno, I wrote his name here somewhere, Mr. Zeno started the Stoicism, he said, this is not something I said, it's something out of Harvest, Harvest of Hellenism, a fantastic book. They were trying to get rid of it on a sale. I, when I look at books, I'm, a, I'm looking for something that most people don't want. I want ancient information. Mr. Zeno said, all of the universe was a living entity. The stars, the, our moon, the sun, the, it was a living entity. I'm a living entity. Within this skin is a living man. Well, he said that all of the universe, the stars, was one being. And he said something gave it life. And he said what gave it life was Numa and Pur. Numa and Pur gave this great universe life. It would be like looking under some kind of microscope at a molecule, oops, at a molecule in your, or let's just say an atom, an atom in your fingernail, that that would be one of those living entities, that I've got this entity that's made up of all of these atoms, and atoms have, you've got a nucleus, you've got a proton, and a neutron. The protons have a have a a positive force, and the electrons have negative, and that's what holds everything together. He said all of this comes together. It was a being, and he said what gave it life was Numa and Pur. Now he was around in 320 saying this. Numa is the word breath or spirit, anytime you find, not every time, but most times you find spirit in the Bible, in the New Testament, it's the word pneuma. We get our word pneumonia from that. That's a problem with your breathing, isn't it? And pur is the word fire. So when John the Baptist stood on the banks of the Jordan River in Matthew, the fourth chapter, and said, I baptize with water, but there comes one after me. He will baptize you with holy pneuma and pur. That saying had been around for hundreds of years. Everybody knew what it was. It wasn't some spiritual, uh, some Pentecostal thing. Everybody jumped up and down, pneuma and pur, spirit and fire. Whoa! Wasn't it? It meant life. I might as well go and say it. Jesus goes through his ministry and he crucified and resurrects from the dead. And he goes and preaches to his, to his apostles in, 
Galilee, and he says to them, Go into all the world, teach all nations, baptizing them with John's water baptism. You know the one I have that's fire, that's spirit and fire. Forget that. You think Jesus said that? No. He was saying, go baptize with life. He wasn't talking about go dip people in water. Well, that comes out of Harvest of Hellenism. And Mr. Zeno said, what gave life to the universe was pneuma, spirit, or breath, and fire. So when John the Baptist said that, well, you say, I don't believe that. Well, that's because you're crazy. That's information. That's not something I made up. You know where I get all my information? I read incessantly. I never stop educating myself. I tell young people, you want to be in charge when you grow up? Read, read, read. Educate yourself. That way you won't be fooled when you grow up when somebody puts the con on you about your job. Now, he also said, you also get that when, you, when they translated the Septuagint, since Alexander the Great had all of this culture and language, he gave us the Greek language, he gave us what's called the Koine Greek, K-O-I-N-E. That's the word common. He gave the common Greek language. He also gave the A-T-T-I-C Greek. That was a cultural expanded language that most people didn't know. It was for educated people only. What the Bible was inspired in was the common street language. They had a different, different dialect of the Koine in every city-state where you went in the world. That's why when Jesus told the apostles, go into all the world, and all that was left of the apostles was the eleven. They were from northern Galilee, and they were fishermen and shepherds, and how can we go into all the world and teach all nations? We don't know anybody's language. That was a gift that God gave the apostles, but it hasn't been, it's not given to us today. I was going to tell you where the well, this man wants to stay in the tombs. He wants to talk to the dead. If you studied as much as that as I have, you'll know why he's in the tombs. He wants to talk to his dead ancestors. So, the word bottle. Here's the Greek. When they translated the Septuagint, LXX, that's the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. That's, there were 70, this is 70, LXX is 70 in the Roman numerals. There were 70 translators. They were brilliant men. This was around 200 B.C. 200 B.C. That's when they decided, since Alexander the Great, who lived long before them, had given all the world its Greek, so they said, we need, all the world speaks Greek, let's give the world a Greek Old Testament. And the best scholars will say the Greek Old Testament, the Septuagint, is one of the best translations ever made. And when they translated the word bottle, our familiar spirit, here's what they translated. E-N-G-A-S-T-R-O M-U-T-H-O-S in gastromuthos. 
That's what they translated familiar spirit. And it comes from three words. In. Gastro. And muthos. It means a myth. Now you got to realize these guys are brilliant scholars. That's translating. A myth within the stomach. It was a myth in the stomach of a goat. And God says, you go around telling people, you're talking to their dead ancestors. I'll have you put to death for this. That's what this guy's thinking of. He's thinking. Now, but people say, well, I ain't never heard a preacher preach that before. It's because you've got an ignorant preacher. Don't want to learn. If I read this to you. Peeping's in there. Huh? Peeping's in the Bible. What'd you say? Peeping is in the Bible. Yeah. That's what they were doing. Christmas. This is from the Americana. You can read the Britannica, the C volume, and get basically the same thing out of it. And people say, I don't believe Christmas is pagan. Do you believe the Americana? Do you believe they put the... You could go into an elementary school, get you one of them little bitty chairs, pull up to the little bitty tiny... Uh, library where they got the books and pull the C volume out it'll tell you basically the same thing well, I don't believe that. that's your opinion you're crazy that's what's wrong with you Christmas is a Christian festival well they got that wrong commemorating the birth of Jesus Christ the name derives from the old English Christus Mass or the Christ Mass see I didn't make that up people like I do the reason for establishing December the 25th as Christmas is somewhat obscure, but it is usually held that the day was chosen to correspond to the pagan festivals that took place around the time of the winter solstice. I think it's funny to read it, but don't believe that. That's because you're crazy. People have been brainwashed by their preachers, by the church has been getting, what they're involved in is the apostasy apostasis the day of the Lord will not come except there come a falling away first the falling away is here the preachers don't care what anything means falling away apostasis I haven't given you the full understanding of this I'm going to add it to it this morning no, I'm not going to add to it I'm going to tell you what where it comes from, it comes from apo and stasis. Apo means a removal of standing upright, upright. And from stasis we get the word staros. Staros is the word cross. It also comes from the word starao, S-T-A-U-R-O-O, which is the word crucify. And there has been a removal of the daily cross in America. There's been a removal of the wooden cross of Jesus. Why has there been a removal of the wooden cross? Who did he die for on the wooden cross? Huh? Who did I for? Husbands, love your wives as Christ of the church and gave himself for 
Now, the King James Bible says it. That's not the word. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for a u t ada. Ada, when it's on the end of a word or next to the last letter of the word, if you have aten, if it has an end, a ada and a, and a new, it's still feminine gender. So, feminine gender. So, Ephesians 5.25 should not say, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Do you call your wife an it? Somebody call and say, where is your wife? I need to talk to her. Well, it's out in the yard. You better not call her an it. You're going to be in trouble. It doesn't say it. It says her. Christ died for who? Before the foundation of the world. For her. He either died for you or he didn't. You're either elect or you're not. And then we can talk to you from now to eternity. And you can't be convinced if you're not elect. You're a vessel of wrath fitted to destruction. The reason people don't want to believe these preachers have no information. None. Let me read some more on this. David chose to correspond with the pagan festivals. Came around the winter solstice, which was December the 21st. The longest nights of the year. They served the sun and the tree goddesses. Christmas customs are thought to be rooted in the ancient pagan celebration. It is held by some scholars that the birth of Christ as light of the world was made analogous to the rebirth of the sun. I put that on the board so many times. When the sun is waning, it looks like it's waning. It's just that we're on our axis going round and round the sun. We get over here in the northern hemisphere. We're leaning away from the sun. It's winter. And the winter solstice comes December the 21st. When it's leading toward the sun, we're in summer. And when we're over here in these other places, it's different seasons of the year. And when, the, when you get, you've got the summer solstice, June the 21st, longest days of the year the sun comes up here in middle tennessee about six o'clock or five thirty and sets around eight forty-five in the evening well the pagans said well that's good because we have plenty of crops but as we continue on the axis going around the sun we get down to the winter solstice we're headed that direction here as we're leaning further and further away from the sun, you get to December the 21st. And that's the winter solstice, the longest nights of the year. And the sun comes up here close to 7 o'clock at the winter solstice. And it sets around 4.30, quarter to 5. You drive home from work in the dark, don't you? The pagans said, the sun's burning out. We've got to have a festival for it. So at the seven-day festival, they brought that in the church, gave the son a birthday just three days later on December the 25th. And whether you like it or not, that's the birthday of Mithra, the son god of Babylon, or Hercules. The reason you don't believe it is because you're crazy, America. Read information. You won't sound so stupid. 
I hear some preachers say, we think Christmas is okay. You think Christ's mass, the mass is eating him in flesh? It's Roman Catholicism? You think that's okay? When 600 or 60 million of the Puritans were slaughtered under those their ancient names, the Walden's family, the Huguenots, the, the Albuquerque's families, they were killed over, a, 60 million of them were killed because they would not partake in the sacrament of the Mass in Europe back hundreds of years ago. You don't believe that? It's because you're crazy. You don't believe Fox's Book of Martyrs? Or you never read about the Inquisition where they were slaughtering the Christians? And you're nuts, preachers. I don't even understand that. We don't believe the Encyclopedia Americana. You're totally out of your mind. Many early Christians decried the gaiety, festive spirit introduced into Christmas, the celebration as a pagan survival, particularly of the Roman Saturnalia. Oh, how about Americana, huh? It was in this period that the idea of the Lord of Misrule reached its greatest expression. A common person or a servant of a great lord was chosen to rule with absolute authority during the Christmas season. Often his rule is resulted in an uncontrolled frivolity. That means partying, wild party. This tradition, it was an, it was a orgy. You can go into McClinic and Strong, look up orgy, go into the Encyclopedia of Religion by Hastings. They'll tell you about orgies, tell you about Christmas. This tradition may have originated during the Saturnalia when slaves became the equals of their masters. They put a fool in charge of the government and they put the fool's hat on him. The fool's hat was the fish's mouth closed. And what is that? That's the Pope's hat or the cardinals that come out wearing the fish's mouth open or closed. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Apostasis, we get the word apostasion, A-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-O-N, which is the common word divorce. The Bible says the church will divorce Christ at the end of time. They've divorced his words. Because they don't want to study. How do I know about preachers? I was raised in a Baptist preacher's home. I have been to dozens and dozens of fellowship meetings where they got up, read three or four verses. Most of them read the same thing and shout and tell stories and brag on themselves for 45 minutes. I don't want to be around independent Baptists. You guys are disgusting. You don't know anything. I hope, one of, I hope some of them are watching. I don't want to be around Pentecostals. They know nothing about tongues. They know nothing about every time you find thy faith has made thee whole. Every time the word whole is the word sozo, it means saved. Why don't you believe that? Because you're crazy. You've been sold on a bill of goods about I want what I want. I want comfort in my church and we'll go to the Baptist church. Isn't this amazing?
You got Baptists believe you got to accept Christ and you can't when you're dead in your sin. They believe you got to pray a sinner's prayer when the Bible says we know that God heareth not sinners. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's right, but how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? We don't believe what you teach, Jim Brown. It's because you're crazy. God help us. The idea of using evergreens at Christmas time also came to England from pre-Christian Northern European beliefs. Celtic and Teutonic tribes honored these plants at their winter solstice festivals as symbolic of eternal life. They said in the among the pagans in the northern countries in Scandinavia, Scandinavia, in case you don't remember, is Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Finland on the top of Europe. It's freezing up there all the time. Sub-zero, 20 below, 50 below. And they said because these evergreens could live in sub-zero weather, they were magical trees, so the pagans took the holly off of the trees, which they said connected the earth to the gods of the, of the pagans. They said that's what holly did, or the mistletoe. And that comes out of the pagan world. And they said they hung these holly and greenery around their pagan temples. And they had an old wassailing bowl song. Wassailing bowl was a big bowl in the middle of a table. You can see this in a lot of the old knights uh, movies. What's his name? Arthur. Huh? Arthur. Arthur. Well, Arthur, you got that... That's one whole story in itself. You can go into the Hastings and it'll tell you, see Arthur and the Knights of Round Table. See, see Merlin. Merlin was said to have the ability to change his body into that of a wolf. That's where you get, that's where you get werewolves. But that's called lycanthropy. If you don't know what lycanthropy is, how are you going to know? Werewolves did not start with Bram Stoker when he wrote Dracula. They were hearing it 2,000 years ago. Lie can throw pee. Look that up in Hastings. Tell you all about it. They were touched by the moon. Remember the guy in the 17th chapter of Luke said, My son is moonstruck. He wasn't moonstruck. The word moonstruck is lunar, lunatic. Lunatic means struck by the luna. And Job said, if I kiss my hand when I see the moon, when I do this, those of you that have been Catholics, you know that's you put your thumb, your forefinger, in the form of a cross and you kiss it. He said, God will destroy me if I kiss my hand looking at the moon. You see, you got this all through the Bible. The man was not, the man's son was not lunatic and struck by the moon. Every time one of them crazy people who come to Jesus, you think he's believing them? No. 
And it goes on to say... You got Lana. Huh? You got Lana. Got what? Instead of Luna, you got Lana. I don't know. I got so many things up here. Race it. Huh? Race it. What, what is that? What have I got? All right. I'll erase it in a minute. And it goes, we're still in the Americana. I can't take time to explain all this to you. Preachers are just lazy. They're bums. Drawing a big salary, getting a big $30,000 a year house allowance. Some get 50000 a year housing allowance. They get a IRA allowance. They get a their insurance paid. They make 200000 a year. Oh, gosh, who wouldn't want a job like that? And they talk about nothing in the pulpit. Then he says, talks about the berries and the, they sing the Wassailing Bowl song, Deck the Halls of Bowls of Holly. What does that have to do with Jesus? Nothing. And he goes on to talk about it. You want to read a lot about this. This is interesting here. This is out of the Americana. You can get this in any library. A well-known Christmas custom is the singing of Christmas carols. The word carol is thought to have originally denoted a dance accompanied by singing. 13th century Italy is it considered the birthplace of the real Christmas carol and St. Francis of Assisi who led songs of praise to the Christ child is thought to be the father of this custom. St. Francis is also credited with first introducing the crash or the nativity scene with the baby Jesus in the manger and that was around 1236 A.D. It was 1300 years nearly before the crash or the manger scene entered the church. And then they've got wise men coming to the major scene. Good grief. Look over here in Matthew, the second chapter. You know what's wrong with the world? They're nuts. They listen to preachers who don't study anything. I'll just study the Bible. That's because you don't know anything. Look over here in Matthew 2. The wise men come to Israel you have to understand the wise men look here where they are the wise men are over here in the neighborhood of Babylon on the Euphrates River they see the star when they are in the east and they start making this trip they can't come through the desert here that's all sand and it's hot and they die out there so in order to come to Israel to see Jesus they have to come up here down here to Bethlehem and that's about 650 miles do you think they saw the star one night and got there by the time he was born boy they had to be on a jet plane didn't they (laughs) had to be flying Get up, camel. <laughs> and, they, and they go to Herod. And he asks them what time the star appeared. And they come to Jesus. I'm reading out of a King James Bible. They're not even paying attention to their own Bible in the King James. 
When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly. That was probably several months before. He's not living in a manger when they get there. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. He's a young child living in a house, not a manger. Great day in the morning. You guys ain't ever seen that? And then you go up here to verse 16. Then Herod, the false king of Israel, he was an Edomite. He was of the, of the lineage of Esau, which has no inheritance in Israel. The king has to come out of Judah. When Herod, when he saw that was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coasts thereof from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men what time the star appeared. It was two years earlier, so they went through the land and killed all the children from two years and under so they'd be sure and get this new Messiah. Did I make that up? No. It's in your Bible, isn't it? Know what it says? They can't put two and two together. Let me read some things about insanity. What's wrong with the world? They're insane. Do you know you're living in a crazy world? You try to tell people information. Everybody's looking at things according to their own desires so they can distribute fortunes to themselves. That's why real estate agents build things up. Somebody will sell you insurance that you don't need. They used to insure... I was in real estate. They would insure the land that the house sat on. Why? A hurricane comes along, a flood comes along, blows the house away. Is the land still there? Yeah. You didn't have to insure the land. If the land would if the house and the land would appraise the hundred and fifty thousand, they'd insure the house for hundred and fifty thousand. They didn't need to insure they, had, they needed to insure the house for replacement value, which would probably have been about 100000 And they cheated people for years doing that. You mean people in business will cheat? Yeah. People didn't educate themselves. Let me read this about crazy. Psychologist Eric Fromm propose that not just individuals but entire societies may be lacking insanity. Whole societies. I believe America, the whole society is crazy. It's like that guy, I said it last week, um, the guy who did those documentaries, uh, who am I thinking of? <laughs> Michael Moore. Michael Moore. He asked us, I saw him ask a a psychiatrist, can an entire nation of 300 million be deceived? The psychiatrist said, absolutely. I believe if you educate yourself, you're going to run across all kinds of things and information. And he goes on to say, it is naively assumed that the fact that the majority of people share certain ideas and feelings just because the majority of people share certain ideas and feelings proves the validity of those ideas and feelings. No, it doesn't. 
we've been Chris was talking about that yesterday I said I don't I can't understand you give somebody information I, said, I don't believe that because that's going to be uncomfortable for you to tell your family that Christmas is pagan it's Christ's mass it's eating human flesh it's Roman Catholicism Nothing is further from the truth. In fact, that millions of people share the same vices does not make their vices virtues. I think that's America, isn't it? Most of America gets drunk at Christmas time. Does that make it a virtue? No. The fact that they share so many errors does not make the errors to be truths. And the fact that millions of people share the same form of mental pathology does not make these people sane. Legal definitions of sanity have been little explored by science and medicine. I believe if you'll find out what a demon is. And by the way, the love of money is the root of all evil. De demon and love of money have the same definition. Love of money is equal to a demon love of money is one word in the Greek the love of money is the root of all evil if demons are evil there has to be a love of money there doesn't there love of money is one word in the Greek love of money is the word fill Augury, A U G U R Y. Philogory comes from two words, philos and A R G U R I A. Augeria. Philos means a fondness that comes from, you remember the word phileo, P H I L E O? Phileo is one of the words mistranslated love. It means to have an affection for. Philos and augury means shining or money or silver. Silver. When a man is loving silver, we got our word argue. What you're doing is you're arguing with God. When you have a love of self, you have a love of money, and then you have a demon. D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. That's what you have. Has anybody had a demon in themselves besides me? <laughs> don't, don't lie. Everybody here has. That's self, when you're born again, you still got that old man in you. Paul said there in Romans 7, you got an inner man that's Christ in you, that was born into you by the will of God, not by your will. And you got the outer man that serves the law of the flesh. And that's the demon there. Outer man. That serves self. If you can get rid of self, you can home free. It takes you a lifetime to do that. You'll be dead. Huh? You'll be dead. What? You'll be dead. Yeah, you'll be dead. By the time you... The longer you live, the more fire you go through. You got pride. There's three words for pride in the New Testament. Tufao. Comes from the word tuflos. 
It means to be conceited or to blow smoke and be blinded. And you really, and when you seek self, you're blind. You have the word huperephanos, H-U-P-E-R-E-P-H-A-N-O-S. This means to shine, thanos, and hooper. Hooper means above. We get our word super from that. Superman means above man. It doesn't mean flying man. Or a powerful man. It means above man. Hooper, phanos, means to shine. Now, if you want to shine above others with your clothes, your car, your house, your decorations, your diamonds, your whatever you have, God's at war with you. God resisteth the proud. God resisteth. A-N-T-I-T-A-S-S-O-M-A-I. Antasomai means to wage war with. God's at war with people who want to shine above others. Have I done that? Oh, yeah. Bought a brand new town car one time when I was flying out in real estate. I drive up beside other people's town cars. Mine was a special edition. Had pinstripes on the side and a blue carriage roof. And I said, I look at some other town car and say, you got a town car but it's not as nice as mine. <laughs> and God was at war with me. He had, God nearly killed me for my pride. Have you been there? Don't say you hadn't. There's no temptation taking me, but such as is common to man. I'll admit the foolishness I've been involved in. I know you have too. But that's called repentance when you pull away from that. I, I need to go on with what I'm reading here. All right. Legal definitions of insanity have been little explored by science and medicine. It remains completely impossible to prove sanity. I don't believe people are sane. You know what there is? There is Christ and self, and self is insane. It just looks out for self. It doesn't look out for others. Let me give you something else here. I looked up the word sane and insane. Insane. You, I want information. I don't care whether you want it or anybody else wants it. That's what I want. I want to know, am I involved in the truth or am I following everybody else? Little Johnny, he jumped off the cliff. Mama, well, you going to jump off the cliff because little Johnny did? That's... An illustration the teachers used to give us. All right. You're going to go to hell because most of the people are going? Well, most people are going to hell. Mama, can I go with them? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. All right. I, I like to read these definitions. Where did I get these definitions? Out of Webster's. New World Dictionary, and it's got the definitions, the ancient words that it comes from. All right. Insane. Deranged. You think we need to look up deranged? 
deranged, very foolish, impractical, senseless. Is it senseless to go out here and obligate yourself to car payments and everything else and you're paying $600 a month or $500 a month and America is is 18 to 20 trillion dollars in debt and we don't know what's going to happen to the economy and when it sinks you're going to sink with it and you don't care is that senseless yeah talks about insanity implies mental derangement in a sense lunacy dementia psychosis and I'm not even reading all the definitions of them alright let me go to derange derange to upset the arrangement or order unsettle or go into disorder. The Bible speaks of men that walk disorderly withdraw from them. Have nothing to do with them. If they're not walking according to the word of God. So it's disorder. You can look at that over here in Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians has the same meaning as what we're talking about. Second Thessalonians three and six. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. And not after the addition which he received from us. A taktos, A T A K T O S. A T A K-T-O-S. It means you're out of order. You are irregular, unarranged. You mean with all this debt we owe, you're walking orderly? With You're trying to keep up with somebody else? I was trying to keep up with the other real estate agents when I'd buy a car nicer than theirs. I don't believe in that now. After I get through telling somebody, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of the Son, and Christmas is pagan, whether you believe it or not, you think they're going to take a look at my car and say, Jim, I hate what you're saying, but I like your car. They're not going to say that. They're not going to pay attention to what I'm driving. We hate that guy. So drive something older and she ain't got no payments on, okay? All right. Let's look at some of these other words for insane. We're looking at Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary will convict your heart if you know what it's about. Crazy. Unsound. Whew. Crazy. Unsound. Paul said the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. The word sound is H-U-G-I-A Hugiano. Hugiano it means uncorrupted. 
over there in Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, Paul says there, starting off in verse 1, the time will come when men will not endure uncorrupted doctrine. That's in the world today, isn't it? We have to be close to the end of time because the apostasy is here full force. I like that. Unsound of mind. Paul, take your concordance and look up sound. has the same meaning in Webster's as it has in the Bible. Unbalanced or deranged. Psychopathic, insane. Eccentric or mentally unbalanced. Preachers who preach accept Christ as your personal Savior after I tell them that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're insane. They're crazy. They say, I believe this is the inspired Word of God holding up their King James Bible. No, you don't. You know how many times I heard that from independent Baptist preachers and Pentecostal preachers? They don't believe it because they hate predestination. Crazy. What did I do with the crazy? i got to finish up crazy. It's just, you can look these things up and then look up a corresponding word in your concordance. Look and see what it says. They put unsound on most of these. Unsound of mind. Mentally unbalanced or deranged. Eccentric, I gave you that. Irrational. I've said that that crazy or insane means irrational. Lacking the power to reason. People can't reason, can they? Try to tell them about death to self, daily cross, self-denial. Tell a man to read John 15, starting in verse 18. If the world hated me, it will hate you. If it persecuted me, it will persecute you. Therefore, the world hates you. Tell people they have to be hated to be a Christian. How are they going to hate you? Because you tell them Christmas is pagan, Easter is pagan, and they have to die daily. What does that make you when you do that? What happens to you when you go through that? Sad. Depressed. But but I thought God wanted us all to be happy. Where'd you get that? Happy are you when men shall hate you. The word is blessed, makurios. Over in Luke, the sixth chapter, M-A-K-U-R-I-O-S. Look over there at that. It's one of my favorite verses on these kind of subjects. Luke. Try to tell somebody this. I'm talking about reading out of a King James Bible. Luke 6. Verse 22. Blessed are ye. Don't read it real fast. Read it slow. Blessed. Makurios. Fortunate. Are ye. That's the word. Fortunate are ye when men shall hate you. What are they going to hate you for? Tell them the truth. They hated Jesus and they killed him. Aren't we predestined 
to be conformed to the image of Christ, sumorphos, to be shaped, morphe, in fellowship with, we're predestined to conform to the image, icon, likeness of Jesus. Are you predestined to conform to his likeness? What was he like? Well, first of all, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. When you define the word sorrow in the Hebrew, it means sad. When I say I'm sad and I'm miserable and look out the, my kitchen window every day, when I get up and go in there and drink some coffee and I look out at the town, I live in a middle class neighborhood, and they don't believe nothing except the guy across the street. Oh, there he is. <laughs> but they don't believe anything. We got lawyers and we got chiropractors and we got builders in the neighborhood. Builder said one day, Jim, you're just over my head. I said, I don't believe that. You just don't want what I'm saying. He went, grumble, 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 grunt. You either want the truth or you don't. Don't say I'm too stupid to understand it. I tell my doctors. I've had a doctor say, you just saw my head, Jim. I said, you mean you can go to medical school for 13 years to become a doctor? And it takes about that to get through all that. I said, you can't understand what I'm saying, but you can understand all of that? <coughs> I don't believe you. I believe you just don't want it. Tell me that and I'll accept that answer. Huh? Not interested. If they'll just say, I'm not interested, I'll say, okay, then you can get to go on to hell, okay? Huh. I was going to give you something. I forgot what it was. Jesus is a man of sorrows unacquainted with grief. He was, de when I say I'm depressed, you know what depresses me? Not bills. I don't owe anybody anything. What depresses me is looking at a world that don't care about Jesus. What they're believing in, according to 2 Corinthians 11 and 4, that Jesus they believe in is another Jesus, another spirit, another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. The Jesus they got is a nice, easy Jesus. It's not this one right here in Luke 6. Blessed are you when men shall hate you, when they shall separate you from their company. Why do men separate from you? You're telling them the truth. You're supposed to stay away from them anyway, aren't you? Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. Well, how can they be unfruitful works of darkness when they go to the Baptist church? They have no truth. They're living in darkness. And shall reproach you. I like that word, O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. That's the word reproach. It means to make you infamous. Now, if you're famous, you're in trouble. Has anybody wanted to be famous besides me? You want to be special? God has to pull you off of that high step that you're on. He has to knock you off hard. If you are elect, if he never knocks you off of it, you need to leave the 
church and gone because you're going to hell. If you never want the truth, you can't go to heaven because you're sincere about this other Jesus. The Holy Spirit is truth. They have another truth. It's not the truth about the Bible. They have another gospel, which is the resurrection. According to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, it's the resurrection. And we have to resurrect daily because we have to die daily. Resurrection, anastasis, means to come to life after dying. And every time you find the word resurrection is feminine gender, anastasis means the resurrection of the church, the wife, the bride of Christ, as we die daily. Let me read the rest of this. Woe to you. Rejoice, he said, if, you, if they separate from your company and cast out your name as evil. Well, that Jim Brown. I got a shirt that on the back of it, it says, That Jim Brown. I've had people say, you still listen to that Jim Brown? So I just put it on my shirt. That Jim Brown. That's me. And cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. What are you supposed to do? Rejoice and leap for joy, for great is your reward in heaven. Nobody likes to be hated. I don't enjoy it. It makes me miserable. Necessity is laid upon me, yea, woes unto me, if I preach not this gospel. Another place about being happy over here in First Peter. These are favorite verses. If you're a believer, you got it all messed up if you think believing is walking down the aisle and joining the church and even put your name on a church roll. You think, you think that's believing. You're really messed up. You have to repent. Look here in First Peter. Fourth chapter. First Peter, the fourth chapter. Look here in verse 12. Beloved. He's talking to the church. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. The word strange is the word X-E-N-I-Z-O. It comes from the word X-E-N-O-S, Kazenos, which means an occasional guest. The fiery trial... The fiery trial is not an occasional guest. It's a daily requirement in the life of all believers. You say, Jim, I'm young in the faith. I understand that. It takes time to grow, but you have to grow. You have to have some hunger for the truth. Look here. Beloved, think it not strange, but rejoice in so much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings when they laughed at him and they beat him and they crucified him. Now they get to crucify you for your words and your actions. Rejoice as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. But if you be reproached for the name of Christ, reproach is that same word, infamous, not famous, 
Forget famous. They got two guys, two teams playing the Super Bowl next week. Are they famous? All of them. What chances, what kind of stretch of the imagination that any of those superstars like Tom Brady or that guy with Los Angeles are believers? Tom Brady is a winner. Let me tell you what happens to winners. They go to hell. Losers go to heaven. Whosoever loses life shall save it. Whoever save his life shall lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Famous people, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, 1st chapter, verse 26, not many mighty, not many wise in this world, not many noble are called. I've stood up here and quoted to you straight from the King James Bible about famous, powerful people. Most people are going to hell when they die. Not many wise, not many wise in this world, not many noble are called. Most of those people that are on top of the world are going to hell. Strive to enter into the straight gate, for many I say unto you will seek to in and shall not be able. They're trying to enter in the wrong way. They're trying to enter in with this smooth, easy Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible says you're blessed if you are he says, if you're reproached and made infamous, happy are ye. That word happy is the same word as blessed over there in Luke 6. It's the same word as blessed are the poor in spirit in Matthew, the fifth chapter. Blessed are the poor, the emptied out. P-T-O-C-H-O-S. If God hasn't emptied you out and you are elect of God, you're one of his. He's going to. He's on. He's in the process of emptying you. Do I believe everybody here's been emptied? No, I don't believe that. Too many of you are too young to have been emptied. Some of the old ones, old ones here, still have some emptying to be done. When you want to fight and argue and fuss and have your way, and I want my way, you haven't come to the place of maturity yet. I wrote something up here. I just been thinking about this lately. How to act and react to people, particularly brothers and sisters in Christ. If they want you to do something reasonable, do it. Don't sit around arguing. That's not my job. That's reaching out for others. If they don't want you to do things you're doing or saying, stop. Don't get mad at them. Sometimes Mary will say, that makes me nervous. Turn that down. So I turn it down. I don't argue with her. She's got high blood pressure. Why shouldn't I understand that? She says, can you take the dogs out? I take the dogs out. Would you take the garbage out? I take the garbage out. If you're a husband that thinks you're too good to do that, there's something wrong with you. And a lot of people think, a husband's the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. They think that says the husband is boss of the wife as Christ is boss of the church. I'm sorry, that's not it. The head cherishes the body. The head doesn't come up and when the hand does something wrong or the foot does something wrong, he don't go get a hammer and say, I'll teach you foot to do that. Bang, bang, bang. 
You don't do that. You don't hurt your wife either. You try to make things easy on her. You go out of your way. I just just wrote this down as afterthoughts. Never get angry. The only time you are required to be angry is at false teachers that take the church and take them to a place where they're past feeling. Well, they, they're apathetic and they don't care anymore. Uh, do not whisper and say unnecessary things behind anybody's back. Hey, you know what she did? You know what he did? Sometimes what we need to do is just sit down and talk. The Bible has much to say about whispering, and I'll get into that next week. All right. Jealousy, envy, rage, fighting of any kind is out of the question for a true godly believer. Oops. Y'all going to start throwing rocks at me in a minute. Do not flatter or embellish anything. Say it the way it is, straight to the point. And don't let your anger get involved. No whispering behind people's back that grows into gossip. You say, well, that was true what I said. Not if you said it with an inflection in your voice that was negative. It was a lie. Gossip is, gossip is when you put some spin on it to have your way in the conversation. Don't say anything about anybody. Well, you can say something. Say something good. You know, I brag on the people here that I really appreciate what they do. I brag on Mike. I brag on Tom. I brag on Dave. I brag on my wife. Two people out here. When I'm away from them, I brag on them. I don't talk about them. Well, could you talk about them if you wanted? Yeah, I could come up and find something to talk about. And they could do the same thing with me. The Bible has much to say about gossip. You can say, get out of here. What does that mean? It means get out of here. Or you can say, get out of here. What does that mean? I don't know if I believe that or not. See, the same words, different inflection in the voice. Watch out what you say. No whispering behind people's back. If you are... If you see someone needs help, needs their need, help them. Go out of your way. Your wife needs help, help her. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Be responsible. You are accountable to God. Keep your imagination to yourself. Judge righteous judgment. It is not your business to tell people off or straighten them out. Never render evil for evil. I just thought I'd write that out. Does that apply to us? It applies to all of us. Back over here to Second Peter. One of my favorite verses on this is, you're not supposed to be suffering for doing evil, but down here in verse 18, if the righteous scarcely be saved, 
First Peter. First Peter. You said Second Peter. Huh? First Peter. First Peter. Oh, did I? First Peter. First Peter four and verse eighteen. I love this verse. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? The word scarcely is the word molus. It is a form of the word mogus, which means with great difficulty. It is not easy being a believer. With great difficulty to be a believer, if you're going to suffer and tell people the truth and live in truth, is that difficult? Yeah. Jim, you just enjoy going out here and making enemies. No, I don't. I really want to share the truth with the world so just in case I run across one of the elect, they'll get a hold of it and hear. I don't go out here looking to start fights. I will not fight with anybody. Somebody says, I don't want to hear that. I say, okay, see you later. I leave. We're living in a world that's really... I have several other definitions in this. I just hadn't had time to get to. Irrational implies mental unsoundness. Is America mentally unsound, corrupted? Well, yes, they are. You read verses in the Bible. Well, it don't mean that. Uh, it means that uh, God predestined one nation before another nation. Well, out of Jacob came a nation of Israel, and out of Esau came the nation. But before either one were born, before either one had done any good or evil. People say, it don't mean exactly that. I say, what does it mean? They say, well, it means we'll have to find some great scholar and professor to teach us what it means. No, you just don't want to believe God. I am tired. Corrupt means change from a sound condition to an unsound condition. Look up the word sound. Remember the word sound. When Paul said to Gaius, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. And the charismatics use that and say, See, God wants you to prosper and have lots of money. They're knuckleheads. Prosper is the word E-U-O-D-O-O. -O -O. It means, comes from you and hodos. It means a well way. There's two ways. A straight gate and a narrow way. And a wide gate and a broad way. One of them is a good way and the other is a bad way. It doesn't make, without going to the definition, you're not going to know what prosper means. He says, above all things, I want you to prosper. Be in health, H-U-G-I-A-I-N-O. Hugiano, there in 3 John 2, Hugiano is the word sound, uncorrupting words. That has the same meaning when you look up corrupt here, and it means unsound. It's People don't even care what things mean. I look up, you know, I look up words all the time to make sure I was right on what I was thinking. I don't mean just Greek words. I get my dictionary out. So that guy said so-and-so. 
What does that mean? I heard David Brees say one time, a very fancy uptown preacher, we need to ameliorate the situation. I didn't even know how to spell it. And I looked and looked and looked, A-M-E-L-L-O-R-I-E-T-E. It means to speed up. Why didn't he say speed up? Just wanted to sound profound and round. I don't like Hank Cantagraph. Every sentence he's got a $20 word that a truck driver cannot understand. He uses the word... What's the word he uses about every other sentence? Uh, I can't even think of it. Ontological or something? Ontological. Ontological. The ontological God. Nobody understands that, Hank. Nobody. Do you? The being of God. Why don't he say that? It's these guys... The only words they memorize are real difficult words out of their thesaurus or their dictionary. They find the most difficult words and throw them at... That's what... What's his name down in Florida before he died? You couldn't even listen to... I can't think of his name. Sproul. Huh? Sproul. Sproul. R.C. Sproul is supposed to believe in predestination. But he would talk and you couldn't have any idea what he's talking about. Especially if you were a housewife or you worked as a checker at the store or you drove a truck. I thought Jesus came to the poor, to the broken heart, to the bruised, the common people. Not to impress somebody. I'm out of time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Help the people to understand that we got to come out of this craziness and look at these definitions and find out what you're talking about. I am so tired of the preachers in the world. I'm discouraged and disgusted that they don't care what you meant when you said something. Help us, God. Help us to stand in truth while this world's collapsing around us. We'll praise you for everything. Fight our battles. We can't fight them anymore. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Ontological. Am I being ontological? Golly. I'm going to ameliorate out of here. (laughs) Rush myself out of here. Kim, how you doing?